system is not ready. Please turn on the control. Welcome to the AgroCast, the official podcast of agrogamer.com. This is episode 37, and I'm your host, Michael Camacho. And with me are my co-hosts, Brian Bentley and Ben Wynn. And we here at the AgroCast are delighted to be joined by the one and only Rachel. Yay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Yay. Rachel. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. So how you doing, Rachel? I'm doing great. Still catching up on uh, lots of sleep from Comic-Con. Nice, nice. Do you want to um, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are? Yeah, I'm Rachel from GameGirl.com. And? And bunches of other stuff, like um, <laughs> Gametopia, which is a live show every Monday on Justin TV. Um, another podcast I do is called Gamers Garage, and I do a bi-weekly video show called Cutscene over at GameCinemaHD.com. we got to make sure we say Gametopia. I don't want Rich to kill me. I know, he'd kill me too. Actually, I'm surprised he didn't even message me this week about this. <laughs> yeah, he got mad when Adele came on. He was like, why are you starting, trying to steal my people? Oh, jealous. <laughs> Very jealous, I think. <laughs> so, Rachel, how'd you get um, started into gaming? Um, Honestly, it was all just kind of like a blur. It all happened really, really quickly. Um, I've always loved gaming and I've always been a gamer, but I never thought like I could work in the industry. Um, so of course I went to school for other things and I just started with this group called Gap, the game advisory panel through Sony, where we would beta test games and pretty much tell them what gamers want and what we don't want. And I went to E three one year with them, met up a lot of with a lot of people, and then just people started asking me to write about games and it just all kind of happened from that. Very oh. lucky. I love it. I wouldn't want to do anything else. That's awesome. I don't blame yeah. you. <laughs> so I'd, when and how did you get started with Game Girl? Um, I had done a few articles here and there for GamePro and some of their other sites. So they have like Gamer Help and some of the other blog faction sites. And I was working for a different all-girl gaming site at the time. And GamePro just asked me if I wanted to be one of their writers. And, of course, I was like, hell yeah, I write for a GamePro site. Um, and then just from that, I just somehow became lead writer and the site manager for them. And nice. they asked me to take wow. over the site, and I said, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we were lucky enough to meet you at E3. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately got turned away from a party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Aw. I'm was still awesome. bitter about that, huh? <laughs> nah. No. It was not. It was not her fault. It was the guy at the door. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe we should have waited for you outside the door so you could come in with girls. They yeah. never turned down guys with girls. Exactly. Uh, that's true. Instead, I rolled up with a, a bunch of other guys. Oh, man. <laughs> will not let that go. <laughs> Especially these two. That was, that was come on! <laughs> come on! Ben's good looking, and I—I I don't know. You got an interesting beard going on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, I'm good looking. What? <laughs> come on, Ben. I'm trying to—I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. It's the only thing I could come up with. <laughs> sure. All right. Um. 
Alright, so... Let's see. So you went to Comic-Con, Rachel. Uh, how was it? It was amazing. It was definitely better than last year. I had the best time. I really didn't want it to end. I wanted to just keep going forever. <laughs> now, did you cosplay this year? I did. I did um, Thursday and Saturday. I was Cammy from Street Fighter. So um, both those days, for two hour, hours out of the day, I worked the Capcom booth for their tournaments they were doing. And then on Saturday, I cosplay as Supergirl again, just for fun. Nice, nice. Now, how many um, how many random pictures were there of um of your backside? <laughs> I have no idea because I would pose like someone would ask for a picture, so I'd pose, but then I'd hear little camera clicks going on behind me. Mm. It's like okay, it was to be expected. Yeah, no harm the comic book geeks. <laughs> <laughs> they don't leave the house much, so when they do see a girl, they're like, "Oh my god." Yeah, I, I did have one female security guard try to kick me out for indecent exposure, but I ran off in the crowd so she couldn't find me. Wait, wait, really? <laughs> yeah. she. I did some filming with uh, GamePro while I was there, and she came up to the camera guy and was like, yeah, I think her costume is indecent exposure. And they tried to tell her that, no, it was a company-sponsored costume, that I was with them, it was okay. And then she was just like, no, I'm getting on on the walkie-talkie with my supervisor right now, and we're going to see what we can do about this. And then wow. the, guy, the game pro guys just turned to me, and they were like, go, just go off into the crowd. Just go, go. So I just I took off. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if they want indecent exposure, they should have came to the anime convention I was at. <laughs> Some of those girls shouldn't even be wearing what they were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since when is a butt so indecent? I mean, I had <laughs> panties on. There's no maybe, big deal. It wasn't bare ass. It was just butt. Well, maybe be- because of the fact that you're probably hotter than her? <laughs> oh, probably. Oh, oh. I don't know. I never saw her. <laughs> so, trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what about you, Ben? How's your week been? Um, tiring and stressful. Actually, I just... I just came back from uh, flag football practice today, so that, that's why I was running a little late. How'd that go? Um, it went it went really really well. Um, right now, I'm really sore um, at the moment, but then like as soon as I got home, uh, one of my friends wanted me to come over because she wasn't feeling well, so I went over there real quick and took care of her, and then came here. <laughs> oh, you took care of her? <laughs> no. Wow, no. I haven't been able to say that in a while. No. That's great. <laughs> wow. No, not like that. Oh, Why dear. not? Maybe that's what she needed. Uh, no, because she had like a um, stomach virus, so I don't think that would help her regardless. But, hey, but no. It helps you when you're feeling bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> 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 Choose your words wisely. Around Mike? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, just, I just throw him the, the ball and... Just knock, keeps on knocking it out. I know. <laughs> but no, um, I'm actually I'm going to be moving to San Diego. Well, actually, yeah, I'm leaving to California on the 14th of August. Wow. You're moving to San Diego? Yes. Lucky. I want to move there so bad. No idea. Oh, I I know I know this. Uh, the city is very beautiful. Oh, Trust me, gorgeous. I already know. I wanted to move there when I was there for Comic Con, and I still want to move there. Yeah, I went to Comic Con one year, like back in 
early 2000. Um, mm-hmm. And this is like I, this is like right before the Lord of the Rings movie came out. But I I remember having an amazing time uh, at Comic Con. All the comic books. I was like, like well, I was you know, Comic Con a bunch of comic books. You know, there was barely any gaming stuff like like they, they were this year. So I'm going through like, oh my goodness, <laughs> reading, going through all these comics. It was awesome. It was really, really awesome. I, I want to go back. I, I definitely got to go back next year. So. Yeah, because then you'll be living there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'll, I'll stay with you for free. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that, that that's gonna happen. Uh, I highly doubt Dan's gonna Dan's gonna let that happen. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have to live with it. I don't know who you're talking about, but. <laughs> Boyfriend. Oh man! <laughs> Damn, Ben, you gonna take that? Yeah, I guess I will. <laughs> oh, you're gonna take it where from uh, behind? Oh! <laughs> All right, let me stop. Always <laughs> bring the class up. Uh, I, I never had any class in the show. Are you kidding me? I put the class in the aggro cast. <laughs> oh. Alright, Brian, what have you been up to this past week? Not much, just uh, doing my work, and uh, really excited about uh, Fat Princess, which I know we'll get to in the what we're playing, but uh, other than that, really not much. It's been quiet. Nice, nice. Um, been quiet for me mostly, um, except for today. I did go to a Street Fighter Four tournament held here in Rockville, Maryland at the 355 Scion. Um... It was held by the Scion dealership and JC Media, who, who is, which is run by um, Damon and Chastity um, from Infamous Gamers. I know them. Yeah. I like those guys. I've gone to a few of the tournaments in the area, and I always have a blast. And um, It was fun going there. I met up with uh, Eric from AverageJoeGamer.net. Um, he was there, and we had a blast. I mean, we were kind of clowning on the guys there, because... There's a big difference between the people that come out for, like, Halo, Gears, and Call of Duty and the people that come out for fighting game tournaments. Oh, yeah, definitely. A lot of these guys look like they haven't left, left the basement in months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we were making fun of them. We were like, Eric kept saying a lot of them needed to get some vitamin D. <laughs> they look so pale. Um, I know at one point I was watching the, one of the fights go down, and it was like a really um, heated battle. But I had to back off because the funk coming from the people standing there was so <laughs> bad. It was almost as bad as otaku funk. <laughs> almost. Like, I was like, oh. It was just kind of funny. But now the tournament itself went really well. They had about 50, 50 some people show up. Yeah. Um, it started around 1 o'clock. Unfortunately, it, went to, it was going to about 7. So I had to leave while it was still going on, and I didn't get to see the winners. Um, they had a few pros there, Eric Kim, Arturo Sanchez, uh, another guy, Jonathan, a couple others that play this uh, for a living. And some of their battles were great. I mean, some of the guys getting into it were like, you sit there and watch, and people would be down to like a sliver of health and somehow take somebody out that was at halfway. So it was really interesting and neat to watch um, the people who do this for a living get out there and show off their skills. I Truthfully, wish I could play something for a living. Be like, yeah, it's my job. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was it was a fun time. 
Um, I'll find out the results, and I'll have an article up on the website, um, hopefully in the next couple days, along with some pictures of the event. Um, they also did a mini car show there. It was all Scions, tricked out. One was awesome. It was like this um, orange lava color colored Scion with um, a bunch of, bunch of Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Oh, cute. All tricked out inside. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looked really nice. Like, the mirrors on the car were um, video screens, and it had a camera that faced the back to record to sh- show when you're driving what's behind you instead of a mirror. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, the guy, Eric from Average Joe Gamer is a cop, so a federal policeman in D.C., so he was kind of like, man, we'd pull them over so quickly for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, he was talking about, he's really cool. He was like, I don't really mess with people too much over things unless you're doing something really bad. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so he's basically just talking. Uh, we just talked to him, and his son was real cool, too. It's kind of funny watching those two. It's kind of like him and his son definitely seem like best friends. Talking about gaming, they're always on each other. They're always ragging on each other. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, so I know he covered it, took a lot of pictures, too. He'll probably have some up as well on their site. Um, maybe we can get him on here, get him on our show again in the future. Definitely. He's a great guy. Yeah, we, we had a blast. We were joking the whole time. Um, so that was it for me. So why don't we get into what we've been playing? Uh, you're our guest, Rachel, so why don't you start off with what you've been playing? I've been playing a lot. Um, Fat Princess, I got the Overlord 2 DLC. I think it's called like Battle Rock. Um, Call of Juarez, Bound in Blood, Explosion Man, and Shadow Shadow Complex. Nice. Now, in the Overlord, have you gotten past the clubbing baby seals yet? I did, yes. <laughs> I one time, because sometimes, you know, you're running around and your minions will do stuff on their own. And one of my minions killed one of the, the seals, and it wasn't a big deal like I thought it was going to be. He didn't cry. There was no blood. Just he just kind of poofed yeah. into a ball of a ball of light, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't bad at all." Yeah, <laughs> playing the demo, I didn't really feel like it was as bad as people made it out to be. Yeah, I still haven't played the demo or the game itself. Um, what about? Um, can you talk about Shadow Complex? It's not out yet, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think it is. Uh, can you talk about it at all? Or yeah, I can. Um, I'm looking up my my embargo notes now. But basically, it's really awesome. It's the I think they call it like 2D side scroller kind of game. But at the same time, there's a lot of 3D elements, yeah. and it's just it's absolutely gorgeous. And even though it seems like you've only got one plane of 3D-ness. I don't even know what the real term is. You've got, it's kind of like Little Big Planet where you've got the back, the middle, and the front. And yeah. although you never move between the back, middle, or front, your character just kind of, the game just knows where you, you are. So you might walk up to Staircase and it looks like it's like you could walk right past it, but instead you just keep walking and you'll instantly go up it. Um, there will be enemies that are on the different planes. There will be an enemy way back behind you. Looks like he's way too far away for you to shoot. 
but the game just naturally knows that when you when you go to shoot who you're trying to shoot at so you can shoot these enemies that are on the front middle or or behind plane um it's got tons of like replayability lots of little secrets and things to find it's really surprisingly awesome i had really not many hopes for it at all since it is type of a type of metro i mean a metroid game and i was never into the metroid titles so i went into it just like eh whatever the beginning of the game i didn't like but it's basically just your normal everyday guy kind of like uh, nathan drake from uncharted who's just forced into this situation where he, he is being forced to become this like badass over time so it's just really it's really fun, gorgeous, well thought out, attention to detail is definitely there, and I'm quite impressed. Nice, nice. Explosion Man fun. I know that's is that one's more of a puzzle. Is it a puzzle or I know it's got the guy running around exploding and using it for accessing other areas. Yeah, basically that's it. You are this little fire guy. And you just run around and explode stuff. You kill the scientists. You wreck their laboratory. You access different areas by exploding. And it's side-scroller as well. But it's got a lot of platforming to it. And that makes it difficult. Because you, you can only explode three times before you have to recharge. So sometimes you're doing the wall jump where you're bouncing from one wall to another. And it's really tall. So you have to figure out how to get to the top only using three jumps. So it, it's very difficult. I think we're in a part right now where um, we can't fall to the ground because there's like these little knife things, rolling knife <laughs> things. And we're jumping just in midair trying to jump up to the top. And it's really impossible to get up there with only using three explosions. Yeah. So that part's really hard. And it got hard really quickly. But it's it's also really fun. It's done by the same guys that do the Maw. And I, I loved the Maw. So okay. I think they're quickly becoming one of my favorite little developer guys. Nice. I'll have to check that one out. It's what, 800 points on Xbox Live? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I'll look it up real quick. So, um, why don't. I know Brian's been playing this as well. Why don't you two quickly discuss Fat Princess and what you both think about it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, so do I. I. I guess I haven't really played much of the single-player campaign, so you're going to have to talk on that, because all I've been playing is the multiplayer. Okay, yeah, see, I, I haven't played multiplayer yet. I've only been playing single-player, and I am a little bit, little bit disappointed with how short the single-player story mode is. It's super cute. The little story that's going on about why the princesses are fat and everything is adorable, but it does... You can finish it easily within an hour, hour and a half. So I felt a little ripped off with the price. But I I really like it, and I'm I'm looking forward to playing it multiplayer, because I think it is meant to be more of a multiplayer experience, but I was expecting a a little bit more of a single player to it. Uh, The multiplayer experience is is very... um, It's wide, and it's varied. Uh, there are five classes, so there's plenty, there's plenty of things to choose from. Um, and each class, like as they upgrade, kind of has their own little niche to fit into. 
Um, I personally like the worker class. I like being able to walk out, collect resources, and then you know run up to the enemy castle and try to build things in front of it so that the other guys could jump on it. Now, unfortunately, yeah. it is the beginning of the multiplayer experience. Um, everyone's still kind of in that, I'm going to do what I want. And there are very few people. There are very few people trying to coordinate or str- and use strategy to, um, you know, to succeed. So, do you that's think that's been, because of the lack of headsets or decent voice chat amongst well, PS3? the voice? The voice chats seems to work pretty well, um, at least from the few people that have had it. Um, I just don't think there's enough people who are kind of willing to go that extra mile with the teamwork, sort of like where. You know, you would definitely like have that now in like the PC version of Team Fortress Two, where everyone is just about the team winning. Um, there are still people like they're still taught like all they talk about is my ranking. Oh, I'm ranked blah blah, blah. and they're and they're like they're like the guys who are used to team play are like, okay, seriously, no one cares. Like it's more important that we get the princess and bring her back. We need to win. Um, so. But I, I really think the uh, the multiplayer experience is where it's going to be, and I I want to finish the single player, but um, I'm really looking. I just love playing, just getting online. Nice, yes. Yeah, I, st- I got to get into that. I'm definitely going to start playing that at some point this week. Um, maybe give my PS3 a little more love than just watching anime on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really all it's gotten all the past week. I started watching the series of uh, Negima, and that's it. PS3, that's all the love it gets is movies. Aw, <laughs> that's PS3 abuse. That's, that's neglect. That's what it's good for, sadly enough. I know, I use mine mostly for movies, too. But then good little games like Fat Princess come out for it, and that gets some of my attention. Yeah, I think the last game I actually played like all the way through for was like Flower. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that one was cute for a while. <laughs> It didn't hold my attention that long. I was like, oh, wow, I'm doing this over and over and over again. See, I always found it relaxing, so I like just to pick it up and play when I was having, like, a stressful day at work. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, well, and just to kind of close up the discussion, unless Rachel has something else, which is totally cool, but uh, it does take a while at the moment to get online. Uh, the matchmaking system, I think it might be a little overloaded. Um, so it sometimes takes me three or four times of trying to connect to finally get into a game, which can be very frustrating. Um, I read somewhere that the patch coming, there's going to be a patch coming out very soon that's going to fix a lot of those problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I read the same thing. Yeah, Titan Studios is totally on top of it. I mean, they really responded very quickly, but, uh, but for right now, I think, I think there are going to be some players that are going to be either turned off or extremely frustrated and I just kind of like if you get this be patient at the beginning because it, it does take a little bit to get connected Yeah. now are you able to lock a room to where it's just you and your friends yeah. against AI uh, I don't know if it's against AI but you can limit the number of slots that are in there and you can set them to friends only and only friends then could jump in so there is a certain kind of like party system I don't know nice. if you can actually play AI characters though like, I don't know if you can set up you know like eight of your friends with against the computer can you just do a few of your friends with AI on your team against other real life players elsewhere I haven't really played with the uh, with the options that much okay. but I, we can you know I take a look <laughs> 
Yeah. Great for being on top of things there, Brian. Well, <laughs> I can't even... I, my, I my connection... Him. Yeah, my connection's kind of weak, so I can only hold, like, uh, seven on seven. I couldn't even get a full Damn. 32 people, so... Mm-hmm. I probably should hold it then. I got 20 food... 24... I can't even talk tonight. 25 down and 15 up, so... Yeah. Maybe I should be holding some games. Now, actually, um, I, I was kind of wondering about that party system because over at um, the Pwn.com side of things, I was trying to figure out if there's a way to do a Pwn game night for Fat Princess. Oh, yeah. No, but I'm wondering if it sets up as well as like a 360 games because that's one thing I have a problem with PS3. PS3 games don't always work as well. Uh, the PS3's interface is awful. Like, the whole interface, the chat, the message service, it's just bad. Inviting across different games is horrible, too. Yeah. Like, Resistance 2, I have to wait till somebody's in-game to even be able to invite them. Ouch. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, if Fat Princess works well enough where we'd be able to do that, play just a private match of a bunch of different people. I'm sure the options are there, I just don't know how well it works. I'll take a look at that this week. We'll just have to... Set it up and try it. Yeah. Cool, cool. So what else have you been playing, Brian? Uh, really all I've been playing besides Fat Princess is Lord of the Rings Online. Um, for some reason I've gotten the bug again, so, you know, just getting back into that. Yeah. So. Alright, well, speaking of MMOs, Ben. What? If you're alive. What? What MMO have you been playing this past week? I've been playing EVE Online. <laughs> so you dropped the WoW bug for the EVE bug. Yeah, uh, just a couple of trailers came out from Eve, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, damn you, CCP. So I reactivated my, my Eve Online account and started playing that, and to later on find out that I have a couple ships in uh, certain territories that I can't even get to right now. I'm like, oh, crap. Well, I'm pretty much screwed on that one then. Uh, but um, no, it, the game reminds me of, I forgot how boring mining was. Uh, the people has never really changed in the game, and um, but o- overall, I think you know they they released like a a patch for uh, updated graphics and whatnot, and the game looks so much better now than it, than it used to be. So uh, I've been playing that for a little bit. Um, been playing Street Fighter Four, Blaze Blue. Um, and a couple other ones that I can't think of at the moment. So <laughs> that's cool. What what's making you play Street Fighter Four again? I, I don't know. I, I guess it's just the online factor. Um, maybe I don't know. I don't know what it is. Quickly got bored of King of Fighters Twelve. Um. Yeah, it's still sitting on my shelf. <laughs> I I haven't really opened it since when I first got the game, and yeah. <laughs> See, I really want to play that game, but I didn't. I was kind of disappointed of what I played of it at E3. Fucking fighters. Yeah, I did a quick playthrough, and I was kind of disappointed. It, it it's for me. I feel it's more more for more online uh, rank matches than than the single player. Yeah. It I mean, just felt like a, they scaled it back. They took out a lot of people. Yeah, they did. And it's like, oh, we're on next gen. And like a lot of freaking games do when they go to next gen, they scale the game back just to start bringing things out again. Well, the thing is, though, like, okay, granted, everything was hand-drawn and everything, but I don't know if it was just my TV or not, but it seemed really pixelated. 
I mean, Blaze Blue looks incredible, and after playing Blaze Blue and then going from that to King of Fighters Twelve, it just I felt like I was like playing on on like PlayStation One or something. That can't be that bad. Come on, no, it's worse. Okay, 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 PS, okay, 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 PS Two. How about that? Okay. All right. <laughs> See, I have a, I own most most of the King of Fighter games that have been released here. And um, I love the old 2D because they have all the characters I like in it. My Shiranui, King, Athena. And the only person that I enjoy playing with is Athena in this new release. And I'm like, that sucks. Now I'm forced to learn other people that I'm not used to. And you took out some of the key players that have been there since the beginning. Yeah. Well, they took them out so they could force you to buy them on for DLC. Oh, I'm sure Pretty much. I yeah, hate that. They take out stuff that should be in the game naturally and usually was just to make you pay extra for it later. Which I never do unless... Well, somehow I keep paying for the Saints Row 2 DLC. I'm such a fanboy. I'm so horrible at yeah. that. I know. That game was so fun, though. Well, that, that's why I, I don't think King of Fighters 12 is worth the $60 price tag that it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean if it was like, I don't know, 40 uh, you know, uh, then yeah, I think it'd be mm-hmm. you know be worth it, but not sixty. Sorry. Speaking of Saints Row Two, real quick, I was oh. on the Guzex forums this past week, and they were talking about games that like tugged at your heart. And Saints Row Two is a really over the top game, and I know Rachel knows this scene. There is one scene in Saints Row Two that you're just like, "Damn, that's fucked up." Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. For anybody listening that hasn't played the game yet, skip past another minute or two. Um, Rachel, you know the part where Carlos gets drugged by the truck? Yeah. And you have to put him out of his misery and your person just shoots him? <laughs> that was a really, like, oh my god, that's fucked up scene. Like, it's something you're not expecting. <laughs> I thought me, when that guy's wife was pretty rough. That guy's wife got killed or something? Oh, yeah, that was pretty bad, too. Like, our partner? Yeah. That was cool. Being over-the-top and kind of exaggerating and humorous for most of the game, there's a couple scenes in that game that is, like, it brings it back down to Earth for a split second. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, ouch. (laughs) And then it gets buggy on you again. And then you're like, damn this game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, then you pay $10 for DLC, and that should be 5 bucks. (laughs) Or yeah, seven fifty for the second pack or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they charge way too much for their DLC. Yeah, but I buy it anyway. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and that's why they charge that much. I can't help it. I'm a Saints Row fanboy. I love the games. Uh, <laughs> they know. I know. Well, this week outside of uh, Pwn Game Nights, uh, I played Call of Duty 4 a bit. Even with Modern Warfare 2 coming up two years later. Call of Duty 4 is still a blast to get on and play. It um, is. It still is. Now, I noticed um, one of the games, though, we hit, people were do- kind of doing what happens in Gears of War, where they do a standby, and they can make everybody else lag while they're getting kills. And the other team was doing that very badly. Like, that's... And eventually, we just got off for the night, because we got tired of that. Plus, I've noticed... Maybe it's just me. I've noticed a lot more people lately bunny hopping in the game. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I go online anymore. I hate bunny hoppers. It's like, unless I'm doing a knife fight, bunny hopping should never be in any game. 
<laughs> but this coming the most... from a noob tuber. Hey, noob tube is great when you can snipe people with it. I don't <laughs> care. I can kill you through a window. <laughs> I think you have. Yeah, I probably have. <laughs> nah, but um, I remember when Counter Strike first came out. That was that was like one of the major issues in that game. I think it was like um, you know, up to like one point three. I think, and then um, one, when they release a 1.4 patch, they stopped the bunny hopping. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I hope they kind of find a way to calm that down in Call of Duty, um, not Call of Duty, but Modern Warfare 2. Um, it's just an annoying feature in those games. Halo, yes, your guy jumps higher, so people are going to do it, but really? <laughs> Nobody in the military is bunny hopping around a battlefield. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to make it realistic, they need to make it realistic. Um, other than that, I played Bleach, Heat the Soul 6 for the PSP this past weekend. Um, for those who don't know, Bleach, Heat the Soul series is a Japan-only se series for the Bleach anime. It's a fighting game series. Um, it's done very well on the PSP. Um, I think after playing Fate Unlimited Codes Portable, though... I've been kind of spoiled, and going back to Bleach, it seems a little more basic of a fighting game. Um, the special moves aren't as elaborate, and I kind of find myself wanting to stop playing and go back to Fade and Limited Codes. Um, but overall, it's a good game. There's a lot of unlockables, a lot of other characters. Um, when you're doing the story mode, there's a lot of missions to do, like you have to beat people under a certain time limit. You have to beat people through certain conditions, um, like ending it with a throw or something like that. So it, it spices up the variety like all the games have so far. And when you do versus mode, you can either do one-on-one -on -one or you can do like two, like a tag team mode, which is pretty cool as well. Because when you do like the special, special move, um, the super special move, like both of them hit the people at the same time. So it's, it's a fun game. The graphics always look good on the PSP for these fighting games. They do a great job with the cell shading. Um, so i got to recommend it if you're a fan of Bleach or the Bleach Heat the Soul series. Bleach Heat the Soul 6, like if you can, if you can Bleach Heat the Soul 4 was an awesome game. 5 was kind of like a step back even though they added the tag system. And 6 is kind of like where it should have gone with 5. So if you haven't played five, don't worry about it. Just skip it and start playing Bleach Heat the Soul Six. Well, and um, that's really all I've been playing this week. I hope to start getting a little more prototype back in. I kind of want to at least get pretty far in the game before I send it back off on Guzex or beat it if I can. But finding the time lately has been tough, especially since I I didn't mention this before. I finally built a new PC. Uh, Friday I got a bunch of parts in and I started building it. I've got the Core i7 chip, uh, 2.66 gigahertz quad core, uh, GTX 260 graphics card, 6 gigabytes of the 1366 RAM, 1.5 wow. uh, terabytes of hard drive space in the computer, 750 watt power supply. I mean, I, I kind of went all out on this thing. Um, Very nice. Vista Ultimate um, runs great. Have had no upgrade to Windows Seven. I I will um actually because I bought Vista right now, I've got a free upgrade to Windows Seven Ultimate. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, it okay. came with the code in the um box for Windows Vista. 
So I'm looking forward to being able to upgrade to that. First thing I did was start installing games on it immediately. I actually just started working on my hentai games. I think I'm like seven in. Oh, God. Of 40. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because <laughs> uh, you never know when you're going to need one. Hey. I install everything. <laughs> I've got a terabyte of space. <laughs> a terabyte and a half of space, so. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear good lord. So funny. Hey, this is my gaming PC. There's going to be nothing else on it but games. You mean hentai? What? Nothing. What? Hey, I got a lot of Steam games on there, thank you. <laughs> That's true. I'm gonna get back into playing Jade Empire. Need to do that. Um, you need to finally play Plants vs. Zombies. Yeah, I do need to play that too. <laughs> oh, that one's cute. What'd you think of it, Rachel? I think it's cute. <laughs> That's about it. It's it was it was fun and cute. Not the best game ever, but it's worth a few bucks and a few hours of your time. Uh, I think it was worth more than a few hours for me and Brian over here. Yeah, yeah they're, they're Plants vs. Zombies whores. I thought it got really repetitive, though. It did, uh, after a while. It's a, a pop-tap game. They always get repetitive. I mean, it did after a while. That's I, I think that's why they had like all the um, the mini games and whatnot. Even but even after a while, even those got repetitive. So yeah, sure. Well, I think I think having the Steam achievements really helped though, because it was like all of a sudden I was driven, you know, to finish you know all the modes so I can get all the trophies. Oh yeah, trophies or achievements always fuel me to do more in a game than I probably normally would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know, I'm not too much. I tried to be an achievement whore and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, I got too many games to play to sit on one too long. Alright, why don't we get into the bargain bins? Rachel, uh, why don't you give us your pick? My pick for the week is Heavenly Sword at GameStop for $19.99 brand new. That's a damn good deal if I must say so myself. I agree, it was actually my favorite PS3 game so far. Um, had a blast with it. Um, Over I, Uncharted? What? Yep. Oh, dear. I, I love oh. Uncharted, but Heavenly Swords just so much fun. I had a blast with it. Plus, the graphics in Heavenly Sword are awesome. Yeah, that is true. The PS3, when it wants to, it has amazing graphics. I will give it that. True, but sometimes you get stuff like Haze. Yeah. <laughs> the developers just didn't care to try. Which is Apparently. funny because they made great games with time splitters. I'm looking forward to Uncharted 2. Those were the best graphics I've ever seen. That was just amazing to see that at E3. It was like just standing there. And it's almost like I'm like, I know I should be playing, but I'm kind of just looking around right now. I know. It was beautiful. It completely surprised me how just how pretty it was. I, I liked how they had the like the depth perception and how they had the shading was amazing. Yeah, and the shadows were perfect. I mean, God, <laughs> my huge thing is attention to detail. I need a game that makes me feel an emotion, and to do that, you need to have attention to detail to make it as realistic as as possible without making it so realistic where it's no fun. And Uncharted Two just pulled that off seamlessly. 
it's just, yeah, the depth perception where you could see mountains way off in the distance and they had like a little bit of fog or haze over them. Just that game was gorgeous. I cannot wait to, to actually play the full finished product. Plus, I totally have a, a video game crush on Nathan Drake. Nice. I'll take the video game crush on Nariko from Heavenly Sword. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody can figure out why. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, that's uh, easy. Sad. So, Brian, why don't we go into your pick for the week? Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Viva Pinata on the 360 at Newegg.com is $9.99. Nice. Whoa. I hear great things about this game from a lot of people. Um, I know Anthony Gallegos over at Rebel FM and GameSpot is like a Viva Pinata whore. I loved the first one. I thought the second one should have been DLC, not a whole brand new game. Yeah. I want to try it, but I'm afraid I won't like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely different. And the, it controls a little crazy at times, but um it was totally cute. Yeah. And for ten dollars you can't really go wrong. That's true. Alright, Ben, what's yours? Oddly enough, uh, surprisingly mine is not for the PC three sixty or PS three. And it's um, not a Star Wars game? Yeah, it's not a Star Wars game either. <laughs> it's actually uh uh, Samba de uh, Amigo, and um, I actually did play this game uh, at the arcades, <laughs> like maybe a couple songs actually. But um, no, uh, the game is actually really not that bad. Um, for, it's for the Wii. It's like thirteen ninety nine over at Amazon. And so if you're looking for like another musical party game that's not you know Rock Band or Guitar Hero, definitely pick this one up because it's actually really really fun actually. So well, it originally came out on the Dreamcast, didn't it? Yeah, I right. think so. But I, I, like after, um, because I was like Samba de your Amigo, I'm like what? But no, yeah, I remember playing this at the arcade. I think it was uh, at David Buster's actually. I remember playing it, and it was actually really fun. Like me and my friends were, were really getting into it. So nice, nice. I know it's something I've been thinking about picking up. I know at one point it hit like six or seven bucks on Amazon. Oh really? Yeah, for like a week or so, and it sold out pretty quick. Yeah. Once people on Cheap Ass Gamer figured it out, the price it was like flew off of there. I kind of regret picking it up because it's something I probably would want for the Wii. Um, as for mine, I'm gonna pick a game that um, Rachel and Brian talked about earlier. Um, Fat Princess. Um, it's nice to see games come out around the ten fifteen dollar mark, and Fat Princess is fifteen dollars on the PlayStation Network. And I think this is a great bargain to pick up for those who own a PlayStation 3. Because I know we bash it a lot, but honestly, there's not a lot of great titles that are exclusive to the PS3. But the core titles that are great are always very good. And Fat Princess with um, Twisted Pixels uh, patching soon has has a chance to be really good. And really be a st- uh, staple on their um, library. So I definitely have to recommend it. Fifteen dollars, pick it up, support these um, lesser titles, especially these uh, arcade-style download titles. It just leads to more. So, yeah. Fat Princess is definitely mine for this week. Yeah, I need to uh, get that game for for the PS3 I have here. So, 
So I definitely have to do that. Well, real quick before we get into the discussion, I'm going to go over the Pwn.com game nights. Uh, recently we had two game nights, uh, Gears of War 1, which uh, Ben was um, fortunate enough to join us on. He absolutely loved it. <laughs> right. Um, right. What? Yeah, Gears of War 1 night was very interesting. And I will make an apology now. For those who listen, and for those who had fun in the night, I want to make the apology of being kind of a hypocrite in moderating the game nights. Myself and a couple others were bashing the game the entire hour we were playing it. Complaining, bitching, and I say in the rules that you can't do that. If it had been Call of Duty 4, I probably would have told people to knock it off. But the fact that I was being pissed off at the same time at the game, I kind of let it happen, and it got out of hand. So I want to apologize to everybody who attended the game night, and those who attend game nights in general. It won't happen again. Um, I'm disappointed. Why? (laughs) Disappointed in your behavior. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Owned. At one point, I muted myself. I was so angry, and the next, I just didn't want to hear anybody. I threw my headset across the room. (laughs) I don't want to hear anybody anymore. Oh, so that's what happened to you. Yeah, Gee, and when I plugged it back in, for some reason my controllers, if I take the headset out for too long, it won't work unless I restart the 360, so. Ugh, that sucks. Yeah, so I kind of was just without the headset, because I didn't yeah. to restart the game night. I actually got Nicola to complain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she was complaining about everybody else, though. Um, I'm pretty sure she was. good reason. I mean, she really enjoys the game, and I kind of let it get out of hand, and it kind of took her out of having fun. Her and yeah. Hannah were having a lot of fun, and they kind of got bummed out. Everybody else were kind of bitching about it. Um, but no, I do have to give my weekly, my weekly, my normal chesty update, aka Nicola, of chainsawing. I did get her on some good chainsaws. I gotta say, thank you. I got her a, couple, a few times too. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I think it was the first one actually. But actually, it wasn't that bad of a game night. Um, once I kind of calmed down and I took the headset off and I stopped talking, I played a little better. I know when I was on Mansion, I was freaking destroying people. Um, that you were. <laughs> yeah, I went into one part where it was like me versus three people. I took them all out. Um, but it, it really... If, it's funny because I bitch about the game, but I'm always in like the top half of the game. I came in fourth out of eight. Somehow I always play well, but I always bitch about it the whole time. So I probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um... But now we're gonna hold another one. Hopefully, people will show up. Um, I came in second to last. <laughs> well, you weren't last. That's all that matters. Um, now, but um, and then we had held a Left for Dead night the other night. Um, had fun with that. It kind of, I think, with the short notice of the game nights going up, we didn't get the signups we normally do, so we only had five people. So we had three versus two. But. Overall, it was still fun. We played Dead Air, the air, the part of the airport, which I had never played before at all, because I don't play the game except for Pwn Game Nights, but I had a blast with it. Um, for not knowing the level, it made it definitely tougher, especially when you're going against people that know what they're doing. <laughs> sure. But And during those game nights, nobody wins. On Left 4 Dead and Burnout Paradise, stuff like that, I give p- people double points for attending because it's hard to keep track of the scores. Right. So, I do want to give congrats to Hannah, uh, Hannah Mazing, 
for winning the Gears of War one night. Um, she edged out Hey Hey Chess, a.k.a. Nicola, for top spot by like 46, 47 points. <laughs> Which is about one or two kills in the game. Oh, okay. I was like, and that's close? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. Rock on. So, next night is Resistance 2 this Wednesday, 9 to 10 p.m. for the PS3. I'll so, be there. For all the yes, for all the listeners on the Agricast, go head to pwn.com and sign up for the Resistance 2 night. It's usually a pretty fun night, especially if we get at least eight people. I mean, it's usually a lot of fun. Resistance 2 is one of the better first-person shooters for the PS3 and probably my favorite overall. So, all right, why don't we get into our discussion real quick? Um, as we talked with Rachel earlier, she did go to Comic-Con. But one thing that's been very evident lately, especially in the past few years, um, what the fuck is happening to the comics? Um, it seems like Comic-Con is not really Comic-Con anymore. It's like this separate convention for movies and gaming more than it is for the comics now. Even the retail... I call it the trendy geek con. Whatever's trendy in the world of geekism is at Comic-Con. So shouldn't they just call it Geek-Con, then? <laughs> Probably. Or start a new one and say, hey, this is for everything that's not comics. Yeah. Well, the comic section definitely was the quiet section. Um, but I don't really blame anybody but the comic people. And you've got their booths were so boring. I mean, some people had cardboard signs that they had colored on the name on like a piece of cardboard and put it up. You've got to do something a little bit more that catches our eye, that makes us interested in what you're doing. A simple TV setup with yeah. with cartoons going or come on, some booth babes dressed up in your costumes, something. Because it was separated um, with TV in the middle, TV and movies in the middle, and video games on the other side. Video games were definitely dominant. But it's because there was so much going on. People were playing music at their booth. There was, you know, um, TVs everywhere. And people, the, the, the vibe was just a lot more alive down in the, the movie, TV, and video game section. And when you go to the comic section, it's really just dudes sitting behind a table with a drape over them, sipping a coffee. They wouldn't say hi as you walked by. You'd even come and look at their comics. They wouldn't say anything to, anything to you. So if you want to get people excited about what you're showing, you've got to do something to get that hype up. Now, so I think you... the death of comics at Comic-Con is only to blame the people that are there showing these comics. Well, do you? All, what about the fact that the movie and video game companies have more money to spend for stuff like that? Do you think that has anything to do with it? Like, they're kind of just beating out these smaller comic people. Because comics isn't the force that the movie or the gaming industry really is. Oh, definitely. But there's still got to be cheap ways to get people interested in what you're doing. The, some of the booths of people that were artists or comic comic people that would get me to kind of interest in what they're doing is they'd sit there at their booth and they'd be drawing or coloring or, or doing a comic right there. And that would kind of get you interested. Like, oh, what are they drawing? What are they doing? Instead of just sitting there with a coffee looking bored. Yeah. And just just your attitude and the way you react to people when they do stop by your booth is just that much more interesting. And some comics, they were a little smart 
and they were had guys or girls out there handing out comic books saying here you know here's a free comic the guy who illustrates or the guy who wrote it is right over there signing them I mean that was that's a good way to get people interested in as well yeah what about the fact that um like the actual like Marvel and them are spending probably more money to promote their movie than the comics that the movies are based on. Yeah, that's kind of sad too. But like uh, right now, again, like this whole the whole industry is very trendy right now. So that's that's just what is popular is the movies and the video game side of things. I think once. This whole geek phenomenon is not as popular and not as like everybody's getting into it. It it will it'll come back. Now, do you feel like um, with, with the whole movie and video games was just dominant? Do you felt like it was like a a mini E three for you? No, no. The video game section actually wasn't that big. It was just booths um, having little competitions and having some of their games set up. It was definitely not, I wouldn't even say it was like E4ALL, which we all know E4ALL was really kind of scaled down and small. It was just a little, like, little paying a little respect to the video game side of the comic industry. But then again, there were a lot of video games there that had nothing to do with comics, which were, was a little bit confusing. Like, I love Uncharted, but if it's a comic convention and we're, we're, they're excited about things that are that are Marvel or DC and comic book related, then I didn't understand why there were games there that really have nothing to do with comic book industry at all. Yeah. Well, well they're just trying the to keep the hype machine rolling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't help the argument with with comics kind of getting shafted. But the the comic section did have the biggest biggest uh I guess you could say room space. But it just there was just no hype, nothing. It was just dead quiet on that side. Yeah, I mean, I heard that the retailer or the dealer's room was pretty, uh, di- um, not died down, but uh, smaller this the year what? as well. The dealer's room where you can go and buy stuff. Oh, I I never went there. I was on the main show floor. There was tons of stores in the main. Show for they were like all the way past comics. You had all the like cute little Japanese toys and Mario stuff and T-shirts and. Yeah, I know J List was there. Um, they were yeah. actually at Otakon. Um, yeah, we stopped by their booth. Yeah, they they sell a lot of hentai games. <laughs> I don't know if they had them on display there. I don't think so. They had mostly just little toys, and. What do you call those little boxes? Benti boxes or something? Yeah, bento, uh, bento. Yeah, they had bunches of little like Hello Kitty bento boxes and stuff, and toys. But it's like there was this whole section of all these real te- real realtors, <laughs> but they were all selling the same stuff. I was like, oh, there's that Boo Mario toy I've seen eight times now, and really it was just hopping from one to another, asking different prices and finding the cheapest one. Yeah. It's like that at everywhere. Like, even when I went to Otakon, the prices of a lot of the figures I bought, I had to, like, maneuver between, like, 10 to 15 different um, dealers just to get the lowest price. And then walk back to the one that I figured out and remember which one had the lowest price. 
Yeah, there were very few booths that were selling something specific that when you found it, like uh, my, I have a Darth Vader little backpack. It looks like Darth Vader's hanging on to my back when I wear it. And oh, nice. it was really hard to find him. And I found him as I was leaving. I walked by a booth that had one more left. It's like, that one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but everything else was, it was just really, really crazy. But I love it. But then some of the weird stuff was that some of the stuff to buy was more expensive there than it would be online, which usually that's not the case because they want to get rid of all their their loads of crap. They don't want to ship it all back. So usually it's cheaper if you buy it there at Comic-Con. I I bought so much stuff last year, but so much more stuff that was cheaper at the show than it was online. But this year, nobody cared. Wow. It was just so much more expensive. A lot of the import ones will charge a little more because they know you're not paying the shipping. Mm-hmm. So, but usually, like, the final day of the retailers, they'll drop a lot of the prices on stuff. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, and very few people were. Like, I always really? save Sunday for my day that I don't cosplay. That's my shopping day. And Sunday ended up being the busiest day of the con, which usually would have been Saturday. But Sunday was just ridiculous. I've never seen so many people in one place in my life. And it made it near impossible to actually get into some of the booths that were selling toys and stuff. You couldn't maneuver inside. And also, like, some of the booths that had stuff set up that was very, um, that you could participate in. There was this one booth called Face Your Fear, and they'd put you in in this um, electric chair with these headphones and virtual reality glasses. And I'd see how long you could sit there and face all these really scary things. And I really wanted to do it, but I waited until Sunday. And there was just so many people that it made, it made me miss how exclusive E3 is to press only yeah. and industry people. Because, yeah, there were just – there were people – so many people with strollers. And <laughs> I was having a hard time getting around on my two feet. And then there were people there with, like, infants and strollers – why not just leave those kids at home with a with a babysitter? That's I, ridiculous. I agree. That happened at Otakon a lot. And one thing I was thinking, I was like, you know, these conventions that say anyone that can't walk by themselves should not be allowed. I know. <laughs> I know. It was they were bumping me in my ankles and then looking at me like I was the one in their way. Yeah. Like you're the one with the two baby seated stroller. Why would you ever bring a stroller to a convention? If you want to bring your kid, then carry it. No, I've been hearing a lot of things like uh, that this year's um, Comic Con. There was a lot of rude people this year, like people you know pushing and shoving to get items or whatnot, and not really saying excuse me or or really have no manners at at all. Did did you experience that at all? Only on Sunday, and I think it was most people. I mean, there were people on their iPhones looking up prices of things on eBay, and then they'd go to the booth and buy whatever minimum they could buy or the maximum they could buy. Like, oh, it says five per customer. I'm going to buy all five of them, which really sucks because then the people that are actually there that just want it because they're a fan, we can't buy it because all these eBay people trying to make a killing on the Internet are buying them all. I mean, I had that happen with several things that by the time I got to the booth to buy something I personally wanted, they were sold out. And it was because everybody's sitting there with their iPhones looking up eBay prices. And those guys were the ones that were the rudest, that would be the ones um, elbowing past you and everything. 
But the people, when I was in cosplay asking for photos and stuff, those guys were extremely nice. And they usually always are. Very polite. Just very nice. But yeah, the guys trying to make some money off the internet, they were the worst. Yeah, people like that, it might be another thing that kills the convention, is the fact that a lot of those people wait till Sunday to come to the convention. Mm-hmm. Because they know that's the best day for deals if they can find them. Yeah, it just goes, again, goes back to the trendy factor. Right now, it's popular to be a geek, so everybody's trying to make money while it's still a fad right yeah. now off of it. But I swear, as soon as it's not so popular anymore, all these problems are going to go away. Yeah, so you and think Comic-Con will... Yeah, you think it'll benefit from the trend dying out? Yes, absolutely. It was just ridiculous there. I don't know how many times, and every time I dress as Supergirl, people still call me Wonder Woman. And it's <laughs> it's depressing. And I did this thing with GamePro, and I'd walk around and sing the beginning of the Spider-Man song and see who could t- sing the rest of the song. And I, I got one out of ten people actually knew what I was doing, what I was singing. Wow. And that's just kind of sad. It's like, you're supposed to be fans. And said yeah. they're, just, they're just here to get in line to see whatever whatever celebrities they can see. And what movie trailers they can get into. Yeah. It's yeah. like we've, we've taken the fan out of this this fan convention. Yeah. Yeah, I know oh, I yeah. haven't thought about it, but I keep hearing people complain about it every year that it gets worse and worse. Yeah, it does. I did, uh, I did catch on uh, G4's, um, you know, coverage, uh, and they were going through some of the collectibles. And uh, those two, with the one with the uh, where Han Solo and uh, Luke Skywalker in the uh, stormtrooper getups, uh, that just looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I just so, and, and they're like, and it's only one hundred ninety dollars. I'm like, that's too expensive. Okay, I'd pay it. I know. I am. I'm a sucker for Star Wars stuff. I don't usually look at the price when it comes to Star Wars, Star Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I tend not to look at the price when it comes to Lucky Star stuff for anime. Oh, dear God. Jesus, <laughs> Alf. Shut up. <laughs> hey, I was I bought a lot of Lucky Star stuff at this at Otakon. Actually, actually, I'll admit though, like, um, I had a friend of mine um, that went to Comic Con this year, and she was like, she would call me and complain about all the rude people and, and whatnot. But no, I, I texted her, um, ask, uh, I asked her how much the uh, the Devil May Cry for. Um, replica sword was and she told me it was like 200 bucks I'm like yeah what about that yeah I saw that I asked about the price too because it looked so pretty oh it is <laughs> it's a beautiful sword don't you think <laughs> uh, yeah I would have loved to have owned that I would yeah I would have loved it to just to hang on a wall or something and just look at it and like huh. but so, yeah so are we all in agreement that it would be best for Comic Con to go back to its roots more than keep moving forward with how it's currently going. Absolutely. Take out the stuff that's not related to anything comic book and uh, I really think they need to be a little bit more uh, hardcore about not allowing strollers in and god they're selling way too many tickets. I know it was sold out really quickly but holy crap there were way too many people there on Sunday. There's no way that we were within fire code on Sunday. It really was like two steps a second. It was awful. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a thing that can happen at 
convention can get too big for itself and kill itself. Yeah. I mean, the lines, like the Twilight line to get into that panel was... People were waiting outside 48 hours in advance. And then to get into the Lost panel, people were waiting out there 24 hours in advance. And literally, these people, because it's so busy, they can't have them actually line up inside anymore because then people at the convention can't get around. There are people that had to sleep on staircases for two nights. People are what? idiots and should be shot. I, why, I would why? never. Why would you do that? Really? I, because that really cute vampire guy... He was going to be there. I don't know his oh, name. I've God. never seen the movie. But uh, people were... It was ridiculous. It just, I and kind of wanted to And on that go... note, we're out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I know there was a couple... Uh, there was like four people um, like cosplay as like the... Um... Yeah, there were. And they were cute. But I mean, there were just panels that I wouldn't have mind going to go see. But there's no way I could have gotten in because there were people waiting in line. So long. I wouldn't mind going to the Lost panel because it was like the lo- the last Lost panel ever. Sure. But there's no way I have time to sit outside for 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Couldn't they do like a ticket system or something? Like you show up and you can get a ticket and then come back. I know or, that would be they... smart. No, oh, okay. they were lined up outside. Most oh. of the time, they they had like no roofing. No little tents to keep their heads from the cold outside. Um, they were just out there. But then if you did a ticket system, people would line up for 48 hours just for tickets. That's the problem. That's true. They're going to line up no matter what. You should do it online. Get your Buy your ticket or get your ticket online. 7 a.m., first few hundred people that clicked get mine. They get it. Yeah. I don't know. You lose your ticket too oh, oh. bad. Or, or do it or same concept, do it online, and then you get to choose which panel you want to go to. Yeah. And like you know, like and, and you just set like a um a number limit so that you know people only have to wait you know in front of their computers online just just try to get the ticket and whatnot. So. Yeah, and from even like a press point of view, there's no real press advantages there. It was really just walking up to somebody. And giving them your business card, getting theirs, and then contacting them after the show. Because it was impossible to get any kind of work done. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm kind of glad I didn't bother going, though. (laughs) Now, are you going to PAX, Rachel? I really want to, and I'm hoping I'll be able to make it, but I'm not sure. But I hear it's the same thing, just all video games. It's just like, no, it's just elbowing each other to try to get to a game that people are trying to play yeah because you're going against fans now and gamers not other press um, yeah it really is that way and it's still fun but last year there was like fifty-eight thousand people yeah see it's just easier at e3 you have your appointments you can actually walk up to a game and play it if you don't have an appointment for it you have one-on-one time with the pr people and the developers it's just so much easier to cover something. Like that's why when I went to Comic Con, I really wasn't going as work because I knew I wouldn't be able to get work done. And same with PAX, I wouldn't actually go to write up about these games because I've heard you don't get the one-on-one with these yeah. games and the developers like you do at E3. Well, we were lucky enough to get a couple last year. Um, like uh, Obsidian walked us through um, one of the Neverwinter Night Two uh, expansion packs, which is pretty cool. Um, but rarely, yeah, it, it's it's tough unless you're in one of the smaller booths. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But no, I think packs, if they want to make it better, and not just for press, but for gamers as it is, they need to expand it out of the one hall that they have. Um, when I went there last year, everybody's packed in the one hall, and when you get 58,000 people over a weekend, one hall isn't enough. You look at, what, E3 had over 40,000 people show up all weekend? Mm-hmm. Probably more than that by the time uh, Sunday rolled around. And the fact that they had two halls was perfect. Right. I couldn't imagine yeah. all those companies being shoved into one hall. I know. That was, I mean, it was packed as enough. But yeah. even then, a lot of meetings, a lot of people are getting smart. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to do our meetings in a hotel room. Because that way you, you do get the truly one-on-one time yeah. with the game and the developers. Or they get that little, um, those rooms further off into the convention center. Yeah, like, like um, when we saw Valve ABC. had it for Left 4 Dead 2. I love that because it's just, you get so much more time hands-on. We saw ABP that way too. Yeah, I like that a lot. So it would be nice to see Comic-Con little scale back, go back to its roots before it kills itself. Yeah. But you know you know how these people are probably thinking, just give us the money. Yep, it's just about money, which is kind of sad. That's that's like what kills everything in the end. It's just who's got the most money. Yeah. It's not um, quality or quantity. It's just whoever's got the most money. That makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, um, I want to thank you for coming on, Rachel. Oh, yeah. thanks for having me. Definitely a blast having you on. Um, I've always had fun when I um do a appearance on GameTopia. Yeah, we love it when you're on there. You should come on during one of our live shows. <sighs> yeah, let's be, Mike, let's be Mike on video. Yes, oh, yeah. Mike, do it. Yeah, you guys will lose all your viewers. <laughs> no. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna hear shit for that just for saying that from Nicola's when I call her or when she finally listens to this, so I probably should shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> but um now nah, so we we thank you for coming on. Do you wanna give everybody a quick um shout out to how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, which is just the Rachel, spelled R-A-Y-C-H-U-L. Same thing on Facebook, MySpace, whatever. Um, and of course, you can find me through Game Girl, Geektopia, Gamers Garage, or just simply email Rachel at GamePro.com. Nice. And Brian, real quick. Yep. Uh, Pwn.com and Twitter.com slash Quiglin. Ben. Phone.com and Twitter.com slash Church4252. You can find me on all those at slash GNitro. <laughs> That's the quickest way to do it. And once again, thank you, Rachel. And thank you, thank guys. You. Thank you. My pleasure. Yay. <laughs> and we are out until episode 38. Peace. Later. See ya. Gutta, 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 gutta